All right, we're recording. Hey, Holly, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? It's good. How's Barcelona? It's good. It's not as sunny as people think today. We've had a bit of rain, but other than that, it's, it's nice. <laughs> sure, it's better than London. Yeah. <laughs> um, for everyone that is listening, we're doing something different today because obviously Holly has got her own podcast. I've got mine. And we're going to do like a you go, I go kind of podcast thing. So rather than me interviewing Holly and Holly interviewing me separately, we're doing it at the same time. Um, I so, Yeah, I know. I've never done it before, so it could go horribly wrong. It could be like <laughs> a, a force, <laughs> a, a, a power struggle trying to figure out who has the one that like, leads the, the podcast the most. <laughs> in fact actually sure do you want to you can start you can start with a question you can be the ladies first you can oh the pressure your listeners kind of get to know me and i suppose my listeners will uh, get to know me a little bit more i suppose mm-hmm. exactly it's always nice and my podcast is raw you so it is actually okay if we if we mess this up it's, it's all good i encourage that yeah good cool. to just have a chat all right well, do so, you want to go first well yes because obviously my listeners don't know who you are I'm sure some of them follow you on Instagram but if you want to just introduce yourself and let us know what you do and just a little bit about you that Mm -hmm. would be awesome yeah I'll do the very short version Um, and (laughs) I think obviously like we met uh, when we were in London, you were on the health and fitness panel that I hosted at Evolution, so that's probably how people are wondering how we know each other. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably should have been at the end of the story. But at the beginning of the story, um, I'm originally from New Zealand and now live in London. Uh, my background was that I was brought up, you know, beach and barbecues from, I guess, what, age 10 up to 27, I suppose. Uh, went to university, did a sports science degree because I was good at sport and I was good at science. I didn't know what else to do. So I did that Um, and then had a gap year or gap two years and worked on cruise ships with a lot of Americans that were overweight and realized that nutrition was something that they and people in general needed probably more help with than exercise. Went back to university, did post-grad nutrition and then just kind of thought I was just living the, the normal life and then eventually moved to London with my girlfriend, Emily. Um, and I guess the whole vegan plant-based thing started. I always say it's her fault, which she doesn't really <laughs> like when I say that, but it was definitely her kind of, uh, going first, I suppose she was more of the animal lover lover. And I just didn't really think twice about eating meat at that stage. She went vegan, did veganery, loved it. And I, I kind of didn't really know what I was thinking at that stage. I was just like, you do your thing, your thing, I'll do mine. But then after a while, I got a little bit sick of her always cooking vegan food and me having to cook my my protein on the side. So she kind of was like, why don't you just go vegan for a month? And so I did, I suppose, out of convenience, which seems the opposite of what most people think. Because it was like, oh, being vegan is so difficult. And it's like, well, you know, whenever you live with a vegan, it makes it pretty easy. Um, mm mm-hmm. And my realization I had throughout that month wasn't that I felt heaps better because I was already quite healthy. Like I was already eating a pretty plant dominant diet. I was having maybe like a couple of eggs a day and protein, animal protein for for lunch and dinner, but I didn't depend on it. Um, and I think the realization I had 
was that if I can feel just as good without having to contribute to uh, the animal suffering and the environmental uh, aspect, and why would I choose to to do that intentionally? Because now I'd seen and now I'd realized uh, what was going on. I, mean, I couldn't be ignorant anymore. So why would I choose to to go down the road of suffering when I can feel just as good uh, not to? Mm -hmm. And then that's how I kind of rebranded myself, which was originally the Transformation Coach here in London, which is online and in-person training and nutrition. And then that went to the Vegan Coach and now the Plant-Based Coach. And that is who you've got in front of you or awesome. virtually, virtually in front of you. Mm -hmm. It's a nice It's a nice story of transition as well that you've that you've kind of adapted your personal life and your personal story into your business as well I think that really shows with what you do online that you can tell that you're passionate about it which is a really nice thing to see yeah and I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't like I couldn't tell people to consciously go and eat animal products if I didn't think they needed to like yeah it'd be a bit weird I would think yeah exactly perfect awesome should we go for your turn should we go what is yes. Holly, Holly Barber's story I know when we first met I told you you sounded like tan from uh, Queer Eye so it's been uh, you're <laughs> from a similar area absolutely um, so, love Queer Eye yeah so for everyone on my podcast that is listening who are you and what do you do Yes, so I am Holly Barber. I'm originally from Manchester, not that far from Yorkshire where Tan is from. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm from Manchester in the UK. I live, I'm based in Barcelona, Spain at the moment. And um, I am a personal trainer and nutritionist. Um, my background is a little bit different from the norm, I think, for personal trainers in general. Um, I had, I went to university when I was 18. I did journalism and law at university and no idea why. I just generally just went in and thought, well, this is going to prolong me having to get a real job. So I'm just going to go to university and do something. And that was kind of the first thing that I saw on the program. So I did it. And I then after university got quite a corporate job. Um, I was working for a big corporation in Manchester city center and I thought I kind of had the life figured out by then like most of us in our early 20s did and I had the job I had the flat in Manchester I had the nice car I had this stuff that I kind of thought was was life and living um, and then when I was 22 I had um, a health problem and before that I was kind of healthy but I wasn't so knowledgeable I guess and I, I say healthy in, in inverted commas because you know I thought that well I move a little bit and you know I eat some salad with all my meat that I was healthy um I wasn't sporty as a child at all really I did some boxing when I was a teenager which kind of kept me out of trouble and um, growing up in Salford in Manchester it kept me off the streets a little bit and I was doing something that I really liked and putting my my energy into that but it wasn't for any benefit it was just because I thought it was pretty cool um and then when I was 22 I had blood clots on both my lungs so that was kind of it should have been a wake-up call and I wish that it was a wake-up call at that point and it totally wasn't so I then just spiraled kind of out of control after that I couldn't drink anymore which I was 
not drinking an awful lot, but at the same time, it was such a big deal at 22 to be coming out of uni and then into a job. And then suddenly my weekends were, I was spending in pain, to be quite honest. I had a lot of damage done to my lungs and my heart at this time. They have no idea why it happened. They're called pulmonary embolisms. And I had about 13 in total. Um, The damage that they caused meant that my breathing was affected. It meant that my blood had to be thin. So I was suddenly put on a lot of medication. I was put on heart medication. I was put on, instantly put on antidepressants, even though we'd not spoke in the slightest about my mental health. But apparently I was prone to anxiety at that point because I just had this happen to me. So they... The doctors just did what they knew to do, and I'm so grateful for that. But at the time, I was on this cocktail of medication that did not help my mental health. It didn't, it was helping my physical health in the short term, but in the long term, I was still taking up to like 30 odd tablets a day. And yeah, that was just playing havoc with my system. I then decided I would eat everything. (laughs) And people talk about, kind of weight loss and fat loss and how impressive it is when people lose yada yada pounds or whatever um and my my story is a little bit the opposite it's it's actually quite impressive how quickly I I began to store fat and store a lot of the things that I was eating because I just wasn't moving anymore I wasn't looking after myself in the slightest so I spent a year of feeling sorry for myself and being a victim and That sounds now like very to the point, but it's the only way I can describe how I was that year. Everything wasn't my fault. Um, I was just playing the victim, eating loads of crap. And when I say crap, I mean like my plate was beige. There was a lot of beige. It was a lot of, um, you know, it was a lot of heavy carbs. It was things that I wasn't ever going to burn off. It was a lot of sugar. Um, And I was just kind of making up for the fact that I couldn't get get pissed every weekend actually um so I was eating a lot I put on a lot of a lot of body weight that I that I couldn't couldn't get rid of and then after a year pretty much to the day which is very weird I had a similar pain in my chest I started coughing up blood I was in agony and the next thing I knew I was in the hospital and I'd had another huge blood clot this time that had passed through my heart which had caused my heart to to have a heart attack basically and so all of that damage at 23 years old and also not looking after myself and also my mental health in a bad way it was finally after a year the wake-up call that I needed and as cheesy as it sounds it it really hit home that that actual day that this is my responsibility you know the doctors aren't there to save me in the long term they're there for short-term fixes and it's nobody's fault but my own right now um So they say the heart attack was caused because I have an underlying blood problem, but of course my lifestyle didn't help. Um, So I decided to go to a personal trainer and I think I went through about six or seven personal trainers in the space of a few months and I just wasn't clicking with anybody. I was told completely different things from every single one, from eating broccoli and steak for breakfast to to cutting carbs to... It was very extreme and of course there is thousands of amazing personal trainers out there I think I just got unlucky and I was also given people that weren't matched to me which I think is really important in this kind of in this kind of game that we're in um and nutrition wise it was just up the wall one every Monday was a new diet and for sure I lost a bit of body fat 
I lost weight. I was starting to feel better, but then I'd start with the spiral of, of my mental health and I wasn't looking after that at the time as well. So to cut this, this very long and dramatic story short, I decided I would go back to university and do a um, night course and weekends and just study all around my, my full-time job at the time, um, nutrition therapy and weight management. So that took me a while. And then I finally, it was finally clicking in my head with nutrition and how simple actually it is when you understand it. Um, so I went into that. I started to clean up my diet a little bit in commas clean up just make make sure that I was eating for my body I was eating real food I was eating less processed crap and I wasn't vegan at the time at all I was probably the biggest meat meat eater I know um up until four years ago after doing my nutrition therapy and weight management course I decided to go on and do my personal training fitness instructing gym instructor um and life coaching so I went into that and honestly this was all for me and a lot of my friends at the time were like, Holly, you're looking good. Like, you know, you're looking brighter. I can tell that you're happier. You're bouncing around. You've got all this energy. You go into the gym. You're actually enjoying it. What is your secret? And then I was like, so I'm actually a personal trainer and a nutritionist. And everyone's like, what? Like, how did you not tell anyone? And I never wanted this for a business. I thought that I had all my life made in Manchester. Um... And then, yeah, I started doing it for my friends, for my family, just giving them little meal plans and helping them with their exercise and showing them that exercise could be fun, that it can be really functional, that it can be good for them. And then I absolutely loved it. I loved, I loved what I could do for people. And I loved the, the kind of power that it gave me. It's so empowering to use your passion for somebody else and to help them and see them progress. And also with mental health and just being a big advocate for mental health then, I understood the importance of helping people with that as well as their physical, as well as their nutrition, incoming the mental health. A um, few years passed like this, I was working a full-time job and doing a bit of training on the side for my friends and family. And I just decided one day something had to give. And I decided I really didn't like my job anymore because I'd actually found something that I do like. I quit my job, moved to Barcelona and the rest is kind of history. I opened um, my fitness studio two years ago here, which is a really fun, welcoming community space that I'm so, so proud of. We have people from every country pretty much in the world that comes through my doors. We have such a, such a good vibe of people here. Um, I help people online as well. And yeah, just I, I love it here. I love Barcelona. I was... Um, in a place in Manchester, I think that I just, I was faking being happy. So I think now that I've got this and I've found my passion and I'm doing it every single day, it's a really good feeling. So I bet you wish you never asked me that question now, don't you? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it's good to get to know you because I, I wish that, I, well, I'm glad rather that I didn't ask you that question when we were doing the panel because then all the panel time would be taken up. But that's Can you I, imagine? Now, now <laughs> I know. Now I know. But that's good. No, I yeah. think. What was really important and the whole reason why I uh, decided that I wanted to do this podcast with you was because you and I have very similar, uh, I guess, ideas about nutrition and health. When we were on that panel, kind of like we clicked more than some of the other panelists. Like there were people there that were completely off in their own world and, you know, were yeah. promoting water fasts and crazy stuff. And I think we were just on the same page. And I think that's really important to kind of yeah. like, 
have this discussion because like you said before you were a trainer you went through six or seven of them and they all told you different things and that stuff still happens and again like you said there's a thousand probably thousands of good trainers out there but i'd say there's more shit trainers out there especially when they try and do nutrition because most Mm -hmm. of them don't even know what they're talking about and um you know it is almost like buyer beware and that is exactly why with my clients as well i never sign them up for a long commitment if we haven't done like a trial period because i want to make sure that we are a good fit i want to make sure that they feel comfortable with me because you know it's a very personal thing um Mm -hmm. you know like you need to be honest you need to feel comfortable with them and if you don't you shouldn't really be coached by them so yeah i always okay yeah i always say to people i could be the best trainer in the world but if you don't like me then it's not going to work so exactly and i think that's the that's the key there is that and the same with you you know i think that's why that's why we we get on and we gel is because we understand that actually as trainers we have such a responsibility to people's lives and we can influence people as much as possible but it's all about quality and not quantity so you know you've seen trainers where they have hundreds of clients one-to-one clients and they're not getting the attention that they deserve i would much rather like you say have a trial um, session with somebody make sure that we gel as human beings and then be able to work with them they're going to get much better results from doing it like that and having that good personality um gelling with someone than not yeah and it makes it easier for you as a coach as well because you're mm-hmm. then training someone that you enjoy training rather than someone that you don't enjoy training exactly because, exactly yeah so you I'm have to make this job question. good now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask the first question because it's kind of related to what you've been talking about. How do you think people who are listening, because obviously they're going to listen to this maybe in the next couple of days or weeks, and one of their resolutions might be to get a trainer or a coach. What things do you think people should look out for when choosing a good coach? I think ask for credentials and don't be scared to ask for credentials because there is a lot of people and I hate to, I try and kind of beat the negatives in this industry with the positives and with the good news stories and the good trainers out there. But there is a lot of trainers out there that will take advantage of you. It's not cheap. Um, And if they are cheap, they're probably not that good. Um, You know, our prices are probably a little bit higher than the average gym trainer because we have, you know, the, the private thing, we have the online thing, you have the one-to-one thing. We're both qualified in nutrition and in personal training. So, you know, the average Joe doesn't understand the levels of training or the levels of, you can call yourself a nutritionist if you've done four hours of a nutrition course. That's a scary statistic that I think you can do it without even doing a course. You can just call yourself a nutritionist. You just can't give out meal plans. Yeah, so there you go, there you go. And that's that's such a scary world because, you know, you're telling someone to eat something. It can, I hate to sound too dramatic here, but it can literally change people's lives and also you know, it can kill them. You can, it, it's not a thing to play with. It's, it's so important. And I think my top tips, if you are thinking, you know, new year, you want to start with a trainer is to make sure that you ask for credentials, make sure that you gel with that person. Would you go out with a, for a drink with them? doesn't really matter. Can you understand them? Can you feel yourself pushing towards your goals? And also, have they got, do you like their, their backstory? Because I think if someone is coming from a very much, they've never had 
a struggle or they've never felt like they've had their own journey with things or progression, then you have to look at how they're doing that for other people if they can't get into the psyche that you're in. Yeah, I'd agree. That makes sense. Yeah, testimonials as well, I think are important. Mm -hmm. Yes, But also, you know, also something that I think is really relevant for like the plant-based vegan world is a coach that kind of lives the life that you kind of want in a way so like Mm -hmm. i get so many new clients because they're stuck with pts that are telling them to eat meat like yeah it doesn't make sense like yeah you're probably not seeing a pt for nutrition but if you it's just making your life a little bit harder if you're saying oh i'm not getting results and oh it's probably because you're not vegan or it probably is because you're vegan and it's like that's not the attitude that your coach should be kind of having with you yeah Um, 100 yeah and i think that's really just make sure that they're 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 their missions and they're they're kind of aligned with you and where you are now um and if you do want to explore a plant-based world that they have the knowledge to give you good meal plans and good nutrition advice and actually help you with your goals long term not just a short-term fix I think you know I used to go to trainers because they looked like they could kick my ass And that was it. That was the only thing I would look at is that actually they look stronger than me and they can probably tell me what to do. And it was very short-sighted because if you're going to to a trainer and you're getting your ass kicked a couple of times a week, amazing. You know, we all love a good good session with someone saying more, more, more. But at the same time, that's going to become very boring very quickly. So after a couple of weeks of training, you're going to go, I can't be bothered now to go in there. So I think that's when it comes into play when you have your mission aligned with this person that they're on the right wavelength with you that you can go into your session and go listen I'm really not feeling it today I'm here but you know I don't I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that and having let's someone do able some to mold yoga to instead exactly let's do some mm. like good stuff <laughs> let's and you know if they've had a stressful day at work saying let's get out of the boxing gloves let's just get your body moving and get you feeling good again is our ultimate objective and mm. At the end of the day, there's a range, you know, there's hundreds of different ways you can get your clients to move and to get your client enjoying training. It never has to be boring. So make sure you're not getting with someone that's going to bore the shit out of you either. <laughs> yeah. And I will add to that as well, because you brought up the whole cost thing. And I think a lot of people fall into the, into the trap of like comparing on price without, mm, yeah. without knowing much about what they're getting. And this is one of my pet peeves and it's probably a lot of trainers and coaches pet peeves is people just ask you how much you cost without knowing what you offer like you can't expect that the guy down the road at fit for less that charges 20 pounds an hour is going to give you the exact same service as someone that charges you triple like you don't even know so why not like just test the water first because i know like for me if someone works with me they're getting nutrition they're getting my app they're getting accountability calls and the sessions whereas a lot of trainers will just give them the sessions and you know that is two completely different things and most people will see results when they change the nutrition not just the exercise so um i think anyone listening is remember you do get what you pay for you can't just be like ah it's exactly the same thing i'm going to get an hour with a pt and say well hold on a second you need to actually think about what other stuff you're going to get and that can be the difference between results totally and also sustainability because like I say, if you go in and you want your ass kicked twice a week, it's not going to last. You need someone, like you say, with the accountability calls, with the meal plan, with the online stuff as well, with the, just someone that can also give you the whole holistic approach to nutrition, to training, 
to mental health to just saying, hi, how are you today? How are you doing? You're probably not going to get that if you want to go cheap. It's the same with food. You know, you're going to go to a fast food restaurant that's three, three pound for a, a full meal. You're probably not going to get the, mo- the best nutritional value from that. And I think, you know, you buy cheap, you buy twice. It's a very good saying. So you're always going to go around. Did you already say eat- that today? Or did you already say that today or did no. someone else say that today? I've heard it today already and that's the really? first time I've heard it. The universe is telling you something. Yeah, <laughs> don't buy cheap. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you pay for what you get. You're paying for someone also that we've both been through university. We've both do, done courses on this. And, you know, we, you have to charge based on the fact that you, you are knowledgeable. You have qualifications. I have thousands of, of pounds of euros of courses that, I've done to make this the best experience possible and that's kind of what you pay for yeah exactly and I think from our point of view like we want to help everyone but we also need to like look after ourselves and if we're in a good place in terms of you know making sure that we've got bills paid and everything like that then we can actually move our attention away from ourselves and help other people exactly sorry about about the siren I'm Shoreditch High you're in, and there's, uh, you're in London. It's a, mm-hmm. I missed that sound. Home. <laughs> yeah, back in the UK All right, I think it's your turn to kind of ask a question. If you yes, me. I have. Um, so obviously we have Veganuary coming up. I know that you said that you did um, go plant-based for one month to see what it's like. I was exactly the same. It wasn't in a January for me. It was in a July about four years ago. Uh, three and a half years ago now but what advice would you give to anybody that is gonna go um fully vegan or gonna try out vegan or whatever it is in january what would be like your top three tips to those people i was actually gonna ask you this question as well so oh i love it how i've got in there first <laughs> <laughs> so obviously veganuary is obviously yeah in a couple of weeks time and people are gonna try and be vegan and although it is a great movement i do think that going vegan needs to be a gradual process. I think going cold turkey, cold vegan turkey, um, is not going to be the most comfortable experience for people because they are relearning a lot of new habits as well as their gut and gut microbiome aren't going to necessarily be used to all of the new foods and therefore be in a place of discomfort and not really going to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I would always say, and this is what I kind of have told people, regardless if it's you know veganery or not, think of it as a gradual process. Maybe the first week, cut out red meat. Second week, cut out red meat, fish, chicken. Third week, cut out all of that, plus eggs and dairy. Fourth week, cut out everything else. And I think the most important thing is surround yourself with people that are supportive. I think the number one reason why people don't stay vegan isn't because of some weird made up health problems is because of social pressure. So if you're the only one in your family or in your flat that is going to try being vegan and everybody else just, you know, they don't have to be vegan with you, but they can be supportive. They like, if you've got friends that are going to doubt you. I would just not hang out with them for the, the month or so until you've found a good pattern. So find a good supportive network and that is going to help you, uh, stay focused on the reason why you're doing it. And I guess the last thing is it's not that different to, to be vegan than it is not to be vegan. Find your favorite dishes that you know can be easily veganized and just eat those. So, you know, for example, everyone's like, oh, I 
could never go vegan. I'm like, well, if you take meat off your plate, you pretty much are. So, um, you know, if you've got, usually have like three bean chili with mince in it, just take the mince out. If you usually have nachos, just have it without meat products. Um, it's so easy to just change one or two little ingredients and bulk up your meal with more of what you already had on your plate rather than thinking that you have to go down the fake meat and fake cheese aisle. I'm never really one for like promoting fake meats and fake cheese for two reasons. Obviously they're highly processed. I know they're good transition food, but then people just miss the real thing. And no matter how good that stuff is getting in terms of how similar it can look and taste, it's never going to be the real thing. And if you're feeling like you're missing that stuff for whatever reason, it's only going to remind you of what you miss. I would just cut it out completely and uh, just focus on like a whole food plant-based diet and bulk everything up. And, you know, be kind to yourself. You've literally taken however old you are to read, to, to learn how to eat. Like you didn't just learn how to eat perfectly out of your ba- out of your mum's womb. It took you a while, you know, it took you a while to learn how to cook. Some people still don't know how to cook. So you can't expect that in a month it's going to be perfect. So just be realistic, find the right support and nice. have fun, have fun with it. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect tips there. And I think just reiterating what you said about the the processed food as well. I think it's, I always say to clients, if you understand the ingredients, then eat it. And not just because it might be in Spanish here, but because (laughs) it's actually, um, you know, if there's all of these E numbers and unpronounceable things, you don't understand it and neither does your body. So your body literally doesn't know what to do with this food. It's it's fake. Um, So for sure, I always say just eat majority whole food diet so you know your fruits your vegetables your grains things like that for anyone listening who's a bit confused about that just just natural stuff stuff that you can always grow um, and real food things with one ingredient like you know fruits and vegetables and things like that just an abundance of things and and listen to your body like you say you know it, it's it will tell you it will tell you if you're if you're deficient in things and that's a very simplistic way of looking at things but you know if your energy is very very low if you find that you've got somewhere in the day that you're feeling like you're having a huge dip don't just reach for the coffee maybe reach for something that you know is going to make you feel better and usually 99% of the time that will be from your nutrition that will be maybe your iron is a little bit lower so adding some iron rich products it's very very easy to start to get in tune with your body and yeah, just be being kind to yourself as well. I think Veganuary is quite an extreme way of doing things, but I think it's a really, it can be a really nice movement. And I think that's what Veganuary as a, as a, as a movement does very well, is it highlights um, that you can live a plant-based diet and be very healthy, but also be very happy. And it's changing the way people see vegans as, you're not just weirdos with like who don't shave anymore. It's like people that are actually it's speak for yourself. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's winter, you know, but well, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's a cool, like chic place to be now. It can be really fun. It can be really exciting. There's so many new restaurants and the UK is a little bit more progressive than Spain. I must admit with the vegan stuff, but in Barcelona, we, we as a collective, as, as plant-based businesses, are really trying to put this place on the map. And we have something actually that I will just plug a little bit for um, mm-hmm. 
for the for both podcasts if anyone is in Barcelona in January we have a movement here called Living Plantastic which we are doing in January alongside the Veganuary movement and we are going to do some events we're going to do some beach cleanups we're going to do some conscious living um, cleanups conscious living events we're going to do some food events we've got so many businesses and influencers and just human beings involved and I think there's just no pressure from from people here so we're we're creating this there's three of us that are creating it and we're really excited to push it forward and just to have a fun month with people if you have one day in January where you think right today you know what I'm going to eat three meals and they're all going to be plant-based and I'm going to try something new and I'm just going to see how I feel incredible celebrate that day if the day after you slip a little bit or you're you're back to your old eating habits doesn't matter just consciously look at how you feel and if you feel better doing plant-based do it a little bit more and like you say I like the the four week step where you're just cutting out things Mm. each week I think it's a it's a really nice way to do things and just yeah just be kind to yourself I'm gonna I always say that to my clients don't beat yourself up about food like it's not meant to be a punishment it's meant to be good yeah and I'll add to that as well because you know we all or maybe not us but I think the general public that aren't vegan think of vegans very differently than than we do because they listen to the media about what a vegan diet should be or is deficient in or the daily mail says this and that's maybe their main source of nutritional information Mm -hmm. and you know we have to understand that's opinions and clickbait headlines so i would say that if you're going to to do this is that you need to get more than one opinion don't take your nutritional advice from influencers or from plant-based doctors even or the newspapers Mm -hmm. like take all of it as a whole and then think about it and then decide based on what your own you know health goals morals are then decide what you want to do with it and i think being in like the uh like the vegan uk uh, like facebook groups are a really good place to like voice that opinion and then get other people's opinions and just take it all in as a whole like i would never just listen to one person in my mm-hmm. life ever like that just seems a bit silly like take on other people's opinions see what they say see if they've actually got some good background on what they're trying to justify and yes. um you know i can say that with confidence because i know that a plant-based diet is extremely healthy when done right and the best for the environment and yeah. uh everything like that like obviously you have someone that says a carnivore diet is the best for the environment you'd be like well how do you justify that because that just seems ludicrous so yeah yeah i also have another question for you i know i'm pushing in here with all the good questions but um <laughs> <laughs> it was just something that came up then when you said about listening to people um i think it's really rife at the moment all of the information it's such there's so much and i think exactly like you said you just have to pick what you the facts are there for a vegan diet like you said it is better full stop and we can say that but there's also a lot of opinions out there that keep people confused and i saw something actually on in the media yesterday that was saying about um uh what's it called that reality show the only way is f6 girl lauren she was um with the whole diet pills and diet shakes and they've been actually saying that they've never tried any of it these people this this is probably what scares me the most about social media and this is going to open up a whole bunch of questions i just know it but (laughs) question to you now like i'm going to try and narrow it down is 
influencers in inverted commas are not nutritionists what would you say to somebody that is bombarded with all of this information and what do you think about this latest development in in social media that everybody can promote stuff oh that's so like loaded big question (laughs) i think you just have to like the information is always going to be around and i think it's it's kind of down to it's like twofold it's down to like your own personal responsibility to kind of be able to not like just to like step back and realize hold on what is the motive behind why somebody is saying this and then you know there is more there's like never been more research than there is at the moment on plant-based diets on health and nutrition and everything and if you are seeing that for example like the eat lancet study came out earlier this year or last year that looked at like pretty much 11,000 scientists decided what is the easiest or healthiest way for humans to eat and for the planet. And you've got such a massive body of evidence like that, that is a lot more trustworthy than some influencer promoting something. And then if you've like, okay, like if that's been said once, then surely good science is repeatable. So then you should be able to find more research that says the same kind of thing. And then you've obviously got the, uh, a study that came out of Oxford last year that was that's concluded that if you really care about the environment, the best thing you can do is go vegan because you know the way that we're farming at the moment is not great, and um, you know we can't sustain that. So I think like you should look for patterns, and if there's things that are being repeated and you keep hearing them, then they're more likely to be true. But you still have to take personal responsibility for things. And I know that's hard to, for some people to kind of, you know, digest at the end, of the end of the day. Like you are the person that controls your own life. You make your own decisions. And I just hope that you can be as informed as possible. And, you know, I think people now with the, the whole influencer thing can see through some of those things. Like if you're promoting a product, there is no magic pill for fat loss. There's no magic pill for muscle gain. There's no magic pill for detoxing. Like I think by now most people know that. And mm-hmm. if someone's saying, go have some tea that makes your booty bigger, yeah, well, that, that's not really true. And you, know, you do, yeah, you do have like people that call it out and you can just read the comments. And I think even reading the comments is probably a good exercise. Read the comments of other people and be like, oh, these guys all seem like that's, you know, calling that person out. Therefore, that's probably true that they're full of shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's a bit of a minefield. It is a bit of a minefield. And again, it is, but there's some follow. good tips there. As you, said, is good place. as you said, control your scroll, right? It's up to you right. who you follow. And you would hope that you would follow people that inspire you and influence you in a positive way rather than um, to the opposite. Yeah. I think that's a really, really nice one as well because we do control our scroll. I was very shocked when I said that on that panel. I was, I was like, oh my God, I need to copyright this. <laughs> um, but it's true. It's, you know, it, you, you do control your scroll. And people say to me a lot, you know, oh, you, you do a lot on stories and things on, on Instagram. And you spend a lot of time on Instagram. And uh, yeah, for sure, I have time off um, social media, which is, which is important. But at the same time, I absolutely love logging in, honestly, to my Instagram because I know who I'm following. It's not just people that are going to make me feel like shit about myself. It's people that are going to build me up. It's people like you where I'm like, oh, that's a good post. Oh, that's inspiring. Or there's a recipe. Or, oh my God, she's killing it. Or 
it's just full of good vibes as cheesy as that sounds and you know a few years ago I was following thousands of people and I mean thousands and I I completely narrowed that down at the beginning of this year and I think that's the biggest lesson for myself this year is actually that I do control what I see in some respects Mm. there's a lot of things in this world that we can't control but our social media is not one of them we can control how we're influenced by things and like you said just having some responsibility for it well, I think it comes down to that saying, you know, you are the, the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be successful or you want to be super fit, hang out with five super fit people. But I think the same applies with who you follow on Instagram. If you're right. following people that, like you said, lift you up and make you feel good about yourself, then that is going to make you feel good about yourself. If you follow people that uh, are airbrushed and talk about how big they can grow their butts and have a skinny little waist, but is completely like photoshopped. And of course that's not gonna make you feel good. So yeah. just get rid of that. You don't need it. There's so <laughs> much toxic stuff in the world. Um, you know, the Instagram, Facebook and all that stuff should not be the place that you see it. Maybe the yeah. news, not Instagram. Cause you, you can control mm-hmm. what you see. Yeah, totally. All right. Mike turn. Uh, yeah. news resolutions. <laughs> How do you feel about New Year's resolutions? And obviously one of the common ones is going to be weight loss. How would you approach uh, weight loss based on, I guess, what you know, but also for someone that isn't as well equipped as you, know, as you or I? Mm-hmm. Nice question. Um, yeah, I think I am... Um... I'm a a bit funky with New Year's resolutions. I think that you can change your life at any point. And if you need to change something in your life, then don't wait for a Monday and don't wait for the 1st of January. I think that um, having a time to start something is is kind of dangerous in the way that it's going to make your mental health think that this is the only time and anything other than perfect is a failure. Um, And I think giving yourself, like Veganuary, giving yourself just a month to change such a lot is is setting yourself up for failure on the other hand playing my own devil's advocate here if you do need a fresh new month and you're excited for that the advice I would give you on making resolutions would be to be realistic um you know you're not gonna you don't neither do you want to neither should you want to drop half of your body fat in a month or in the next year see things as more of a of a nicer goal so if you see things as i want to feel better i want to move more i want to eat more plant-based and i think just every single time you do one of those things in january or beyond should be a celebration and you know what if your goal is to move more why not tomorrow morning go on a nice saturday morning walk like don't wait until the 1st of January to do something because it just puts so much pressure on you. And then it just gives that, that out to the world that you're actually only in this for the month and then February comes and everybody's depressed again and their resolutions are out the window. They've been sober. They've been to the gym every day in January. They've been, it's just a lot. And then February comes and it's all out of the window. So try and be a bit sustainable with the goals as well. Um, what was the second part of that question? weight loss uh yeah i mean because i think a lot of people do want to lose weight that's like mm-hmm. a very common new year's resolution 
how would you yes. go about it if you didn't know everything that you know now? Like, how do you think some of the listeners could just basically be like, okay, what are the most important things I need to focus on? Um, I would say keep it really, really simple and have fun with it. So find a class in maybe in your local area that you've not tried before. Go with a friend somewhere if it's working out. You know, it's very simple with weight loss or with that kind of thing. I would also look at why you want to lose weight and maybe it's maybe you need to work on your mental health first and then see what happens from that if you're it's very simple in the terms of of personal trainers and what what we can tell you is that you need to be in a calorie deficit and yeah that's it's full stop and but there is fun ways of doing that you know you can go to a new class like i said i would say very simply if i had to say three things i would say number one look after your mental health as well, not just your physical. The only time I ever saw a breakthrough in my body changing for the better, and when I say the better, I mean because I was severely overweight, was when I started out my brain first. Number two, I would say have more colors on your plate. Eat the rainbow is what I say to my clients. And if you can't think of anything else and you don't want to count calories or count macros, introduce more color and not just like skittles i mean like fruit and veg and a whole food diet add more of that in and move more i would say just try and make your body move more try and do things that make you feel good and think of that outcome nobody has ever regretted moving their bodies in any way i can almost guarantee that so find stuff that you like maybe you've always wanted to try boxing so go to your local boxing gym or find a personal trainer that can do that with you if you've always wanted to lift weights up but you feel like a bit of a dick at the gym on your own get a personal trainer to help you and um, obviously just come to me and Aaron because we're the best but you know find <laughs> one in your area that you gel with and all of those tips that we said earlier in the podcast about gelling with your trainer and don't be scared to ask them questions as well about their life because they're human beings as well and it's nice to have that connection with someone nice I think that answers it. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna add to that i think also like taking <laughs> taking personable responsibility right mm -hmm. i sometimes will be a little bit i guess tough love depending on the person but like things like exercise should be non-negotiable like don't think that you can get away living your whole life without exercise like you know as an as a responsible human being as a responsible adult that you need to exercise just as much as you need to go to the bathroom and breathe so find a way that you can do that that you enjoy and then do it like like we can't, you can't expect that uh, you're gonna be a healthy person when you're 80 years old if you haven't exercised your whole life like just take some responsibility and look after yourself and if you're not sure how to do that then find someone that can help you whether it's your friend family obviously a professional but, um you know it's it's you yeah. you're the most important person in your life so figure out yeah. a way to look after yourself and going back to the new year's resolution thing a really good way of goal setting isn't for me to just say oh, i don't i want to lose 10 kgs that's not like people already know that i feel like they need to have steps to get there. It's kind of like if you're going to climb Mount Everest, people know they need, you know, if that's they're signed up for a trip to climb Mount Everest, it's like what steps are you going to do weekly that are going to help you get to that goal? So for the 10 kilo weight loss thing, it might be, okay, I'm going to exercise five times this week. Uh, I'm going to meal prep on Sunday for half the week. 
Like those little actionable steps are the things that are going to make the difference rather than you just saying, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. You can say that a hundred million times, but that's not going to change anything. It's like actually putting actionable micro steps in place that, uh, you know, are going to help you towards that goal. And that's the same probably when you're coaching people, the same as me, as I set up people's calendar on my app where I will say, okay, I'm not going to say lose 10 kilos, 10 kgs. I'm going to say this week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to exercise on, you know, throughout the week, your goal is to swap one of your snacks with fruit. And it's those little things that are going to add up before you know it, you'll be at that, that goal. Totally. That's a really nice one as well. It's just being, being um, smart about those goals and having actual reachable things, even if it's daily, weekly, monthly, and for sure, responsibility is such a big thing. And it's something actually that I work on a lot as you do with, with your clients is that, I can, I can help you, but you have to want to help yourself. And I think I've been there, you know, you've probably been there at some point in your life where you felt like a bit of a victim or you felt a bit sorry for yourself. It's never going to get you anywhere except feeling more sorry for yourself. So I think sometimes we have to just say, no, I'm the only one that can get my ass off that sofa. Netflix will wait. Um, and yeah, I'm the only one that can stop eating crap. That's going to make me feel like shit. And I am I am worth it, you know? And I think instead of seeing exercise or goals or resolutions as punishment for what you've not done, see, turn it around completely, go full 180 and say, actually, I'm really worth feeling good. I'm really worth living up to 15 years longer in my life. And it's very dramatic, but it's very true. It's, it is literally what's going to, like you said, the 80 odd year old person, it's going to get you to the older ages healthily and you're worth it you're worth feeling great you're worth feeling good you're worth working your body and your mind and you're nourishing your body with good food i'm glad you think so it's very nice yeah. of you to say <laughs> just you <laughs> nobody else <laughs> all right i think maybe we have time for one more question do you want to maybe go ahead yeah there's a lot isn't there there's a lot of things that are coming into my head now and i think it's nice actually <laughs> to tell us tell our listeners that we we totally didn't plan this on purpose so that it would sound like a natural chat, but now it's, I could just sit here and talk for hours. We can always do a volume, we can do a volume two after. Yeah, exactly. After holidays. Maybe we can get some, some questions from, from listeners as well. If you're listening and you have any questions that you want us both to discuss in a, in a podcast, that would be nice to get them involved as well. And you can let us know. Okay. So next question, I'm going to push into plant-based world a little bit Mm -hmm. if you um so we both have clients that are kind of i always call it vegan curious and people that are open to that have you ever had a lot of objection from people from friends from family and how i know you said before a lot of people kind of I, i don't like the word fail but a lot of people don't pursue a vegan diet because they're scared of what people will think or they have not a lot of supportive people around them have you ever had personally a, a, a situation like that? And how would you recommend resolving it? Yeah, I would say like for myself at the beginning of my own kind of vegan journey, I didn't really tell anyone that I was vegan because I didn't want to be associated with the crazy vegans. Um, mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, every group, whether vegan or not, there is always going to be that 1% which stand out more. In the vegan world, it's the the very 
progressive activist. Not really activist, because most activists are actually really nice people. But it's like the militant, unreasonable ones. And I feel like that is what I thought people would associate me with when they mm-hmm. heard that I was going vegan. So I was like, I kind of kept it under wraps for a while. Um, but then it's like what you've said, focusing on the positive of what you're gaining rather than what you're missing out on is really important. And I think the people that are the closest to you are going to love you and care for you regardless of what different ways you eat, as long as you are still a nice and respectful person. Because um, people that I tell that I'm vegan, they, they don't expect it in a way. They are like, oh, but you're, you're nice and you're normal and you're not, yeah. judging, you're, not judge, you're not judging me all the time. And I'm like, no, I don't think I would. Like you've been brought up like as a meat eater like I was. I used to eat meat. I am going to show you how awesome I am at exercise and how healthy I am and how happy and caring I am. And then, you know, you're going to think that maybe in the future if I want to go – vegan i'm gonna go talk to aaron because he seems like a really good role model and i think that is the most important thing is uh if you you know are struggling to i guess go vegan yourself because of what other people think like if those people are really making you feel shit because of what you're doing i don't know why they're in your life in the first place like i wouldn't surround myself with people like that like there's that saying that the people, what? how does it go? People that you care don't matter and the people that matter don't care. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like my parents still love me because I'm, not because I'm vegan or not, well, not vegan, it's because I'm still a good person. And I think that's the, the core, the core element is that, you know, you're still the same person. You still hold the same beliefs. You probably just realize that, hold on, yeah. we want to make sure the world's a better place. And, um, you know, everybody, everybody you talk to should be a positive conversation, regardless of how hard it might be, because that is going to stand out in their memory of that, that guy was a really cool vegan. And that's what's going to kind of slowly take over of their stereotype of what a vegan is. And then that's going to make it more welcoming, welcoming for them. Yeah. Does that kind of answer the question of I kind of yeah. just gone around it? No, that's that's perfect. Totally. I totally agree. And I think that's it, isn't it? Just make sure that you that you push in that positive aspects of things and be in the shining light in this in this there's a lot of crazy stuff out there right now happening in the world, in politics, in everything, you know. And I think if you can be just one positive influence to somebody, whether it be for plant based or not, like you say, we're still good people and that's what's gonna shine through is the fact that you're not pushing it on people we're not and it's the same I'm just tying in like all of the questions now in this one sentence mm-hmm. but you have we have so many people that we follow on social media now that can give you advice and really good advice as well just you know be be objective to that device uh, advice but at the same time these people are there to offer your their opinion and you make your own opinion and like you say people are going to remember the one who was like good for you for having one vegan meal or good for you for being open to the fact that you came to my house for dinner and you, you know, you were like, wow, this is really impressive. I'm kind of have the recipe and not just being, Oh, I have to eat, eat vegan food. And if you have people like that around you, then definitely have a look at who you're surrounding yourself with and why, um, mm. like you said, and yeah, just having that positive influence. And I think this is why we want to do this in, in Barcelona in, 
in January with the Living Fantastic is that we're just going to have this open door policy of we are here. We are vegan businesses um, and human beings that just want to make your life a little bit nicer and welcoming. And if you want to talk about things to do with veganism, great. And let's just make it fun and not so scary. And I think a lot of the time with, with the climate change, things that are, that are really huge in the media at the moment and so they should be i think it's i think it's great that people are more aware of it but i think it can also have a backfire effect that it's too much people are just too overwhelmed by things when actually if you just cut down on the meat if you go vegan 50 percent of the time whatever it's still making such a big influence on the world Mm. you don't have to just talking about it it helps yeah exactly Mm. and i think that's the most important thing is like reduce uh, what you can do but yeah I mean there are negative people around and usually they're the ones that almost doing it on purpose like mm-hmm. you've obviously got the Instagram trolls which I sometimes have a little bit of fun with because it's you know you can tell that they're just coming from a completely different place and I'm like what the hell so as long as you don't take it too seriously but also like there are plenty of like situations that you might get in where a meat eater is judging what you're eating as a vegan and they come across as the as the, the asshole in the group. And you're like, that seems weird because usually it's the vegans that are doing that. So like if you can just, like I said, make every experience a positive one, if they're giving you shit, someone's like, you can be like, well, it makes them look bad rather than the other way around. Yeah, totally. Mm. So what I reckon is we close this conversation up and we do another one later on with maybe some more questions, maybe some listeners questions and um yeah we'll just go from there really what do you think for sure i think we could end up sitting here talking all evening about every subject under the sun but i think it's nice to open it up to listeners and see what they want to want to talk about you've got two vegan qualified nutritionist personal trainers here so what do you want to (laughs) know yeah exactly so what we'll do is i'm going to we'll post this on our profiles and if you guys who are listening can just go back to the post that you'll see after you listen to it and then just put a question there or just directly message us and then we'll maybe do one in january once the holidays are over perfect all right holly well thank you for taking the time to talk to me and ask me questions it's quite weird to be the other way around in a way (laughs) yeah me too it was weird it was nice though Really nice to be on. Thank you for asking me.